What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> in fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Welcome to another edition of Hardwood Knox. This, uh, this edition, we're very pleased to have with us a guest, uh, king of Twitter. Uh, you may remember him from a certain Temecula uh, showdown on Twitter. He is on B-Ball Breakdown. His name is James Holas. He's a great writer, great Twitter personality, great follow. You can follow him at Snotty Drippin which I believe is a tribute to Scotty Pippen. It's a shot in the dark. Um, so James, we have James on here today. Thanks for joining us. Hey, you guys are killing your credibility with the listeners with this, this great writer stuff. <laughs> <laughs> my, they probably seen some of my work floating around. They, they know that's just not true. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. No problem. Um, Dan, we have Dan on too. Sorry, I didn't mention you, Dan. Uh, I'm okay. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> in fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. <laughs> we already talked a lot of trade stuff a couple days ago, but of course it's still that open window between the the deadline and the all-star break. So there's still a lot of crap going on. Um, and particularly today, there was some more new crazy rumors. Uh, the one that's kind of flying around Twitter right now is this proposed three team deal. I don't know if there's any framework out there yet, but Boston Celtics, 
New Orleans Pelicans and Cleveland Cavaliers. And it has Kevin Love ending up in Boston somehow. James, what's what's your general thought on this rumor right now? Mm-hmm. Um, my, my my first visceral reaction was was God no, um, <laughs> but and it, it shouldn't be like that. Kevin Love is a fine player. We saw what he's capable of in Minnesota. I think we also saw that that's that maybe he's not quite what we thought he was. Doesn't mean he's not good, but you know, in Minnesota, he had all the shots, all the you know, all the rebounds, everything he wanted to do on a kind of a bad team. So um, it it makes sense. I mean, Boston has been looking to consolidate these assets into a a real deal, uh, you know, upper echelon player. And he he fits the bill when you know when he has touches and minutes. So it makes sense. I'm still not. I'm a little lukewarm on it. What the what puzzles me is what are the Celtics gonna have to give up to get him? Because to me, there's a difference between them consolidating these picks and prospects. And then trading guys like Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder, who have been a huge part of them becoming the third best team in the East. I agree Kevin Love could be a nice fit. They could even play him at center because they have a lot of perimeter defense. But this trade could obliterate that perimeter defense. Yeah, and that's that's what a lot of the the, the angst from Celtics fans is that um, it's a little bit fandom because, you know, Drake, Jay Crowder has been excellent this year. Uh, Avery Bradley been an been all-star. Out. Yeah, he he really should have. He, he, I mean, just like like Isaiah, he's he's just as important to the team. So the angst is that they 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 got these players who are cast offs and they're playing so well now, and you know they they, they become emotionally attached. But they're really good players, and it, in a way, I think, like you said, he can play some center. I, I, that it would be ugly, I think, because he's not Draymond Green. He's not defensively good enough. He's kind of slow of foot. He doesn't work on the work well in the pick and roll. But he's a great offensive player. So I think that it'd be a little bit like uh, you know maybe two steps forward, uh, maybe, I don't know, a full step back because you would be trading two two big pieces of your team. And the big strength of the Celtics right now is that, you know, t- I think players one through eight or nine, there's no real drop-off. So when the bench comes in, this, their second unit is, is, is obliterating other second units. And you would change the dynamic, but, I mean, in the big scheme of things, you're trading Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley for a player like Kevin Love, who just a couple seasons ago was, you know, 25 and 12. So... I, I get the consternation and I get the, but I, I get the, the thoughts behind it too. So, I mean, it's something that Ainge has been saying he wants to do, bring in a real star and, and he fits the bill. So I don't, I don't know if this is what I would really want. Like I saw that uh, Matt Moore proposed a trade, a big blockbuster trade where Millsap and Horford went places and, and Kevin Love ended up in Boston. And I would rather have Paul Millsap in Boston or even Al Horford before I have Kevin Love. I think I would agree with you on that. And I somebody else reported that Boston might be the favorite for Al Horford. And you could and see I, even you could see them get him for less than love, right? Um well, I don't know. I, he's you know what, with that cap, it's the, he's going to get max. He's going to get big money. That's true. Um, and that's I, the benefit of love is he's under contract. But go ahead. He, yes, he is under contract and he's a little younger and um you know, his injury was a shoulder thing and Horford had the shoulder thing too, but I, I still would rather build around Al Horford because it's weird uh, on Twitter. I see that he's kind of, you know, oh, he's good, but is he? No, Horford's awesome. He, yeah, he right. has no, he has no real flaws in his offensive game. He's a solid defender. Um, I think in Atlanta the last couple of years, he's he's been a good soldier and he re, he accepts his role. But I think he's capable of much more. Before he, you know, before uh, Coach Bud came in, he was a, a legit twenty ten guy. So I mean, I, I would I would much rather have Al Horford. I'd be more behind that move. You know, he's a little older. 
wouldn't the other thing be too is that if the Cavaliers trade Kevin Love, they're still going to look to remain a championship contender. If you're the Hawks, you're going to look to hit the reset button a little bit. So the Celtics, if they're going to make a pitch for Hawford, they're going to be able to hang on to probably Crowder, which is a huge difference. And and also because Hawford's going to be a free agent, the package shouldn't have to be as lucrative. So does that does that factor into it at all as well? Because if it's the difference between, let's just say, keeping Jay Crowder and not keeping Jay Crowder, doesn't it become a no-brainer? Um, it does. And then again, like in the big scheme of things, I mean, we're we're talking Jay Crowder. He's been, you know, he's had a really good year, but you know, it's Jay Crowder. But yes, it it also is a gamble though. That the trade off is like you said. Kevin Love's under contract for the next, uh, I think, what, what do you do, four with the opt-out after three or three with the opt-out after two? He's under contract. Well, Horford is just going to be a free agent. So uh, they'd have to really get a good feel, a good vibe from Horford that he's he's willing to re-up. Um, but it's it's a gamble. It's going to be a roll of dice. Would, would you or do you think would Boston um, – how would you feel about having to give up the Brooklyn pick for either one of those guys? Um – it's it, it, as a fan i like every, i think everyone can, can attest to this you like the shiny and new yeah i don't know if you remember there was a family guy episode where peter was like i can get the boat i can get whatever's in the box and who, who knows what's in the box it might even be a boat so <laughs> you know because it's like i mean horford and, and i mean the, the chance of that pick becoming a player either any, whoever it is becoming as good as al horford or uh kevin love it's probably kind of low because those yeah. two guys are to the best, you know, 20 pit players in the NBA. So, I mean, it's a, it should be like a no-brainer and say, All right, I'm going to give this pick up and get a, a certified top 20 player. But, I mean, if it becomes Ben Simmons, uh, uh, what's my guy's name from Duke? Why, why am I, why am I bring, bring Brandon Ingram. Yeah, if it's, if it's Ingram and those guys, if, if they reach their potential, I mean, we're talking top five player in the league. So it's always going to be a gamble. But, yes, it, it, I got to take the emotion out of it and the, the, the love of the new shiny thing and say, I would give up that pick for one of those. If I can guarantee Horford staying and love being the contract, I, you'd have to do it. That's interesting because I couldn't imagine giving it up for either one of those guys. Uh, Kevin Love would be an easier case for me, even though I like Horford better just because he's younger. But it's like you said, there's a risk uh, to re-signing Al Horford. And even if you get assurances that he's coming back, you're still going to have to hand him nine figures in the summer. And he's still... He's almost 30 years old, and he's soon going to be on the back end of your career. And that pick is almost certainly, it seems, going to end up in the top three because of how bad the Nets are and how bad I think they're going to be after the deadline if they buy out a guy like Joe Johnson. And yes, you're not only giving up a shot at Ben Simmons or Brandon Ingram, but I like Drugon Bender, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name, but he could be a great fit with Stevens too. I just couldn't imagine giving up that opportunity For either one of these players, but specifically for Horford, giving his contract situation and age. Yeah, and these. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that was it. Oh yeah, these these are all great points, and and this is where I I became the curmudgeonly fan of Boston because uh, when they when they first moved Rondo and they brought in Isaiah Thomas and the wind started piling up, I was just horrified, and everyone was like, "Oh, enjoy the ride. We're gonna make the playoffs," and and I just knew. For for a couple reasons, one they were going to lose out in the draft pick, which they did, or the 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 um, lottery pick they did, and two, once you make the playoffs like that, your whole timeline is shifted. So there is no more. Let's you know we have time to build. 
and it's it's just the way it, it it's the way it works. So once they made the playoffs, it was no more about let's you know we're 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 consolidating talent and we're we're trying to draft players. It's going to be now we're in, we're trying to start winning. And so yeah, it's I would have much rather have uh, maybe Justice Winslow, uh, Devin Booker, and have not made the playoffs and build that way. And then this year we have this you know the next the next pick. I would much rather have that than what we have now, but it is what it is. So Boston's in the and Angels in the you know they don't want to. The rebuilding process is being accelerated, so I get it. Uh, Simmons and Ingram could be great in the next three to four years, but they got real deal you know NBA All Star level players that are available. They're going to swing for the fences. And yeah, it is what it is. And I and I think Ainge has already obviously shown that that's the way that he leans with the Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen trade with back when they had a ton of assets in 07 or whenever that was. Um, yeah. If there's, I'm going to switch gears now. We've kind of hit the Celtics pretty hard. Um, I wanted to talk too about the trades that have already been done. Unless Orlando's doing something else. I, I don't get them giving up Tobias Harris for Brandon Jennings and Ersan Ilyasova. What do you think about that deal? Um, like it, it, it's mind boggling. And I said this, I think, uh, last summer or two, when they, they hired Skiles, it was a curious move to me because he has a proven track record. He comes in and your defense automatically becomes, you know, top, top 10, top eight, top seven, because he's a great, I mean, it's, it's what he does, but he's not known to be your teacher. Uh, him and Tobias had problems in Milwaukee and you know, Hey, they said water under the bridge is fine. The, for, the problem was Orlando has so many young players right now who just need to develop and they need to just see who they have and give everybody reps and figure out what three or four we're going to keep, you know, and they, they have about six, seven young guys that need minutes, but that's not the priority right now. They're, they're all in about making the playoffs and it's, it kind of sucks because I mean, what's the rush, but they're rushed. So um, Tobias was being misused there. And I, I can almost parallel this to Cleveland with Kevin Love. Kevin Love is capable of so much more, but just the way he's used, he's not he's not going to reach his capabilities. So I think they 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 made a move. Um, I I don't get it really. Somebody said because, I don't know. I don't I don't really get it. I don't get it either. The only <laughs> I, I was with you on the Skiles hiring too. It just it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Usually you would want a player development type guy at least for exactly. a couple of years if you've got a really young roster like that. Um, and I also think it's funny. I'm pretty sure Skiles had Ilyasova and Jennings in Milwaukee too. He did. He's yep. He did. <laughs> trying to get the old man back together or something. It's just, it seems like such an odd move if they're not going to do anything else. I don't see how it makes them better now or later. I mean, let's see if they move Elf for Monte Ellis and, you know, really get the game back. Um, <laughs> that would be Someone else, I think they said that uh, Ilyasova and Jennings are, well, no, Jennings not expiring, is he? But I think uh, they said Jennings they might. Is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think both of them are expiring. So somebody was making the, the point. They were they were hypothesizing that maybe they're just trying to clear cap room. And if, the, if everything goes right, they'll have, like I think, room for two max contracts. So, I mean, it, it, hey, it's uh, that's the plan. That's the plan. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they're trying to swing carve out room for that Dwight Howard reunion. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you and I'll open this up to you or Dan. What do you guys think about Tobias Harris in Detroit? Go ahead, Dan. If Tobias Harris is going to regain the catch-and-shoot form he had last year with Orlando when he also had a little bit more freedom to drive, I think it'll be great. Uh, he's going to Detroit where you, he arguably becomes your number two option because he's not 
he won't transcend Reggie Jackson, but you're not the Pistons aren't running their offense as much through Andre Drummond as they were during the beginning of the season because he hasn't been that great in post ups. Uh, Harris is certainly better than KCP. I I just absolutely love that fit. And you picked him up for pennies on the dollar, and you did so while still being able to manufacture around $20 million or so in cap space this summer. I don't know how easygoing it will be for the rest of this season, but this is one of those teams that leading into next year looks like it could be really, really scary. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all in with you, man. Um, I, I actually wrote a piece on Harris this summer just because if you look at the similarities physically between him and even mentally between him and uh, Carmelo, they score first, they're big, they're strong. He's, uh, he's a young a young player, and I think he just needs an opportunity. And I was also looking at Detroit. You know, they got Reggie Jackson. They got Drummond. You still, you know, it, it, you still kind of need that third guy. And he doesn't need to be dominant. He's not. He might be borderline all-star. But, hey, before this season, last two seasons, he averaged about 16 and almost 7. And, you know, he's shooting 40, almost 47% from the floor. Yeah, he's playing for bad teams. But, I mean, the, the talent is there. Uh, we saw last season he could shoot the three. So, Hopefully Reggie, you know, the Reggie Drummond pick and roll, basically four for him. I, I think he's going to be great. I think he'll be great in Detroit. It's a, it's a slam dunk move for him. The, the only thing I think he would, sorry, Bailey, but no, I think the only thing I would be worried about is he's never been, he's been even worse than Carmelo was in terms of ball movement. And I think when you have an offense with Jackson and Drummond and again, even KCP still there, you're going to need to get him to move the ball a little bit better. But Stan Van Gundy, He's really turned Reggie Jackson into a borderline all-star point guard. I don't think that will be an issue either. I yeah, I think yeah. SVG's generally better than Skiles as an offensive coach. And I I know I think Harris is shooting like 31% from 3 this year. So like you said, you'd hope he could get it back up to what it was last season, but they really haven't gotten the spacing that they need from Morris or KCP either so now they're just kind of rolling the dice like which one of these guys is actually going to turn into a shooter i i love the deal because i think i actually think we're going to see an uptick in harris's production in detroit as opposed to what he was doing in orlando this season but it's still sort of up in the air which one of those guys is actually going to become your your floor spacer if all three of them did great but marcus morris needs to stop playing small forward i have no idea i wanted him at power forward too and that's another reason i love this tobias harris trade because now you have to play one or either one of them at the four. Yeah. Yeah, and I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised, or I wouldn't. I, maybe it makes sense if they move on from Marcus Morris too, and, and give Tobias the keys at the at the small ball power forward and find another three, or you know, uh, have a uh, have our guy play the rookie. What's wrong with me right now? Stanley Johnson. Yeah, have Stanley Johnson play three. I like know? that and, too. Yeah, that's a good yeah, idea. Sure. I think they have a lot of flexibility this off season. They, 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 yeah. Stan Van Gundy, that was a really good move because they were kind of, you know, they were kind of uh, stagnating. I think after the nice little start, not bad, but they they needed another move. I think this might boost the offense a little bit. It'll be interesting to see. I have this just feel. I thought the Pistons were going to sign uh, Harris last summer, and then I saw that they were interested, and I was I was actually surprised he went back to Orlando. I kind of feel like this summer. Uh, I know they'll target Ryan Anderson, but it seems like their primary target in terms of trying to be realistic and landing that whale could be a guy like Harrison Barnes, where people might think you can warm out of Golden State with a max offer. I think the Magic will be right there, too, and I'm not even sure if Golden State would let him go. They'll probably match anything, but I think those are the types of wings that they'll probably chase. 
hey, get long athletic wings and be able to switch everything. That that's that's not a bad start. Bunch of young guys. You can't you can't really beat that, man. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Just as an aside, it's crazy to think about the kind of money Harrison Barnes might get this summer. He's gonna he's gonna be making like twice as much as Stephen Curry, probably. It's insane. Um, uh, I want to switch. Real quick, go ahead, go ahead. Real quick, Ethan, Ethan Sherman Strauss, Strauss was uh, tweeting about that, and he was saying that he has a feeling that Golden State might might not want to max him, and even if they don't get Kevin Durant, they might start looking for his replacement, which is kind of crazy to me. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's I, a good possibility. I like Harrison Barnes, and I really liked him coming out of high school when there was the hype machine was really pushing him. Um, but he's, he's he's in year four or five now, right? Is it four? Four, yeah. Okay. He's in year four, and he's still he, – he hasn't even approached like a league average PER yet. Well, he's never – I, I know he has, hasn't had the right role, but – Yeah, and that rewards volume. I, I totally yeah. understand what you're saying. Uh, it's definitely tough to commit that money to him because if you look – at the way the cap is going to jump, and just say the Warriors don't get Durant because they probably won't even want to add him. But if you pay Barnes yep. and Azili, you're looking at a situation well, then, where go ahead, and then Curry comes up again too, right? And then, but it's it'll be weird because Curry will be your seventh highest paid player on the team next year if you match Azili <laughs> and Harrison Barnes. I'm assuming Azili will probably get twelve million a year, and I think. That's not unrealistic. It could be a little bit less, but that's crazy. And then, like you said, you have to worry about Curry in 2017. I'm not breaking up, the, unless it's for Kevin Durant, and I'm not even sold on that, I'm not breaking up this core. I know Harrison Barnes is going to cost a lot, but he's important to what they do defensively, just like Green and Iguodala, because that's he true. can defend so many positions. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So are you, are you, let's, let's, you said you wouldn't, <laughs> you're considering not breaking it up, even, even for Kevin Durant? I said, I unless it's for Kevin Durant, I'm not breaking it up. I've I go back and forth on the KD thing because unless you're sure that he's going to buy into the role that you need from him and he's willing to play more off of both Steph and Draymond because he hasn't had a playoff two guys since James Harden was in Oklahoma City and you have to think if he's going to to Golden State, he'll understand that's his role. But he's just so used to being the focal point. And once you come in, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of below at least Steph, but most definitely Steph and Draymond, and I'm not sure how seamless the fit would be. I want to see it from a pure aesthetic and entertainment perspective, but I do think there's a lot more risk involved than most people credit. Dan, what's it, what city are you in? <laughs> New York. Hey, I know they have there's good psychiatrists there. You need to go see one <laughs> because it's Kevin freaking Durant, man. You get a chance to add Kevin Durant to Steph Curry and Draymond Green, you do it. And you figure out the fit, and you, you, you tailor-make your offense a little bit because he's Kevin Durant. And exactly. if you're, you're spotting him in there where Harrison Barnes is, you get him his 17 shots a night, you get him and Steph out there rolling. He's shown that he's not really a selfish kind of guy, and if, you know he wants to win. I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't, I don't see him. He seems like a kind of – Based on nothing, he seems kind of a prideful guy. I don't think he want to go and be second banana stuff. It seems like you got to watch the Blazers on trail. But if it does happen, you welcome him with open arms and you, you accept his 27 a night and his, his freakish athleticism at, at that size. And you just, just let it roll. It's just, it sends so many shockwaves just through your power structure because team chemistry is so important to the Warriors. And you're automatically, not, we're not only talking about Barnes, but you're probably going to have to get rid of Iggy. Um, and that's a big loss. 
You don't know. You're also going to probably have to get rid of Bogut or Livingston or Azealia. And just changing things that much to me is pretty incredible. And this is the same argument people use when they wanted the Warriors to trade Kevin Love is just get him and then figure it out. Kevin Durant is head and shoulders better than Kevin Love, and he would be easier to integrate in a lot of ways because he can score off the catch and move the ball. He's a perfect fit for this system, but it's such a big piece. And I just think that chemistry and the on-court dynamic, the Warriors champion, is fragile. And while I would like to see it on many levels, it just seems like a huge risk. Here's here's my thought on it. I would... (laughs) I want it for the aesthetic reasons too. And I also think even if Kevin Durant went there and became the alpha, it would still work. Because I think Stephen Curry is an extremely unselfish player. Oh, come on. He's already taken all that money less. He's talked about how that bothers he's, him. There's he's no still going to get a he's gonna get a super max contract paid. next time he comes up, though. Stephen Curry ain't accepting a number two role. I, I'm sorry. I would be shocked. I, I just feel like he's made enough in terms of sacrifices, especially financially because of his ankle. I think that that would, maybe he wouldn't show it, but I think that would shake him a little bit, especially after the status he's achieved over the last two years. Well, you know what? Kevin, Kevin Durant right Kevin Durant right now is is is, is pa- turning down shots and passing it to Andre Robles in the corner. And he's All looking right, for true. Deion Waiters cutting. I don't think he would have any problem fitting into that because he's not a selfish guy, and that's the crazy thing about him. He, he scores his points, but... He he looks for his teammate, and he, he you know hey when it's time to crunch time and they're down he'll he'll look for a shot because he has to in OKC but I think he would have no problem sharing that. Man. All right, I'm going to switch gears. I think uh, I think we took the two one edge on you there, Dan. So I'm sorry <laughs> you lose this one today. But I was tottering on the edge, so it's more like two zero one. But that's okay, fine. that's fine. Um, we'll talk about this one just briefly. But the other completed trade was uh, the Grizzlies getting P.J. Harrison and some second-round picks. They also got Chris Anderson. Miami got Brian Roberts from Charlotte, and uh, Charlotte got Courtney Lee from Memphis. I really like this deal for Charlotte. I I hate it for Memphis, and I kind of like it for Miami. Um, what did you guys think? I'll defer to James on this one. Um, I, I think it shows that uh, Memphis is – Starting to have a eye in the future a little bit, uh, which makes they, they, sense. Well, yeah, grit and grind. You know, it was, it's, I know the fans in Memphis love it, and it, it was you know they did a remarkable job. It was you know they 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 swam against the stream for long enough, but with this latest Mark Gasol injury, they they got to they got to start thinking you know about the future a little bit. Um, so I like I like to deal a lot for uh, and then for Charlotte with the injury to MKG, it you know they they it makes a difference. Oh, they they're bringing in a, a he's the perfect role player anywhere he goes. He's gonna fit very well. Uh, I think PJ they you know they rolled the dice on PJ Harrison. He's kind of he's been a disappointment so far. He's getting a you know another shot I guess in in Memphis because they they've always need perimeter scoring and, and players there. So it it was a, it's a you know it's not an earth shattering move. Uh, I think it helped Charlotte in the short term in their playoff push this year. Uh, for Memphis it gives them a young asset and you know it. It, it shows a, a definite maybe change of direction a little bit, or at least the the, the willingness to start looking at a change of direction in Memphis. So. I almost took away sort of the opposite. It seemed like the, the Grizzlies might have just been scrapping for something to make that 
last playoff push without Mark Gasol. But I get your point, and it's actually sort of swaying me now, is Lee was on an expiring deal, and at least now you know they're not going to throw $9 million a year at him or something or whatever it would have taken to keep him. So the Memphis is in such a weird position because you have to reinvest in this core. You've already given money to Gasol. Zebo's on a good deal, but you have Conley uh, coming up for free agency, and he's probably going to get close to $20 million annually. They're just in such a fragile state that it, it's tough to get a read on what they honestly are thinking. I don't even think you can say that they are committed to the future just yet because Courtney Lee, he was a pretty big part of their core but he wasn't a yep. huge part. We won't probably won't get a better read on them until this offseason. All right, I'm going to move on again because that trade's not that exciting. You guys made it. <laughs> you guys made it way more exciting than it is. But um, so today, an, a new rumor broke, one that would probably break my heart if it goes through. The Trey Burke for Ty Lawson stuff. Um, I don't know if anything new has developed since we started recording, but. I think the basic framework of the deal is Trey Burke for Ty Lawson and then whatever Utah has to include to make the salaries match. Um, I th- I think jazz fans who follow me on Twitter, I know me as like a Trey Burke hater and I still do not like this deal. I'd take Trey Burke over Ty Lawson. Uh, am I wrong? <laughs> no, I saw somebody I follow and, you know, real smart basketball guy, uh, big one, man, Chris Towers. He writes, he's a, he's a, yeah, Chris Ty, he was saying that, you know, he said for purely basketball reasons, you know, Ty Lawson can at least theoretically run a team better and so much better fit, but it's not about purely basketball reasons when you're building a team, especially a young team like Utah. And I get it. Trey Burke has his, he has his flaws, uh, you know, poor shooting, undersized, but the guy, you know, off the bench, I, I don't know. I haven't been following as much lately this, you know, late in the season, but, you know, off the bench, he provides a spark, he plays hard. And Ty Lawson, uh, I mean, his value probably can't be any lower. He went to a situation where he was really needed, and he, he fizzles out. And uh, off-court things, you know, it's behind him. He's still trying to work through them. But I don't know why you'd bring in a presence like that on a team like Utah. Uh, they have so much potential, and they're just at the beginning of this rebuild. And, you know, they got good contracts, for, and they got Gordon Hayward, and they got you know Rudy, and they got I, – I don't know what are you really trying to do. What, I don't, I don't get done. it either gun for that fifth seed in the west <laughs> i still don't know how that he's been so bad this year and they've talked so much oh. the last couple of years about how important character and locker room chemistry is to them and now they <laughs> sell as low as they possibly can on trey burke for this guy who's been a locker room issue all season i get that he's he made the second year of this or the last year of this deal non-guaranteed to go to Houston. So maybe they're just thinking, well, maybe Coach Snyder can salvage him over the next couple of months. And if not, we can just let him walk. But I I'm I'm all for Utah shopping Trey Burke. I just I don't like this outcome. I don't know if you guys saw it. Somebody posted that like he he like he's known to be say like a hey, the worst the worst city to visit was Utah because he didn't like the fans <laughs> and he didn't like in Utah because it's so boring like they have these quotes from him and you know from multiple different different times where he just he pretty much like hates Utah he, he would be miserable was he drunk there. though I mean so <laughs> <laughs> look I mean Houston I'm not about to defend Ty Lawson because his value is totally cratered over the last year plus and. There's serious questions into his character with those couple of Dewey's that he racked up. But 
let's not pretend that anyone could be painted in a good light in Houston right now. We don't know um, how how much or how much of his issues have been compounded by the fact that he is playing in a locker room that really doesn't have any leadership. And if you go to Utah, Quinn Snyder's a pretty good coach. Everyone on that team seems to be on the right page. He'll get more of an opportunity because they badly need a point guard, especially if they're going to give up Trey Burke in this deal. And his contract for next year is non-guaranteed. And if you don't think Trey Burke is your point guard of the future anyway, or if you're invested in Dante Exum, or if you plan on going out in free agency and trying finding an upgrade to begin with, why not take a flyer on Ty Lawson? This guy was a fringe all-star for a few years. And you know it, what? Because because Denver Denver fell apart with under uh, Brian Shaw and that whole locker room kind of quit on him and, and it was like almost like a mutiny and Ty Lawson was in the center of it all. That's why I wouldn't bring him into Utah because Brian Shaw, by all accounts, is a really good guy and he might not be a great modern coach or you know in touch with the young guys. But for all intents and purposes, Ty Lawson was leader of that team and he he I, I feel he deserves a lot more blame for what went on under Brian Shaw. So are we? I'm, a lot of people are going to blame what was going on in Denver on the players at large, and, and that's fair uh, because Shaw is really well-liked around the league. But it's like you said, he's out of touch with the younger generation, and that's a problem because Lawson was still sort of fresh into his role as a star, and there are other guys there, specifically Kenneth Fareed, who had some demeanor issues. Are we at the point where we could say without a doubt that Ty Lawson is a locker room detriment? I just don't think Denver was a good situation at all. I'm not even trying to make excuses for him in Houston, but that locker room is crack. You have two stars in Howard and Harden who really aren't good leaders. And no, you can't look at Lawson as a panacea for uh, Utah's sometimes stagnant offense. But to me, he's certainly worth a flyer. And if you're looking like Bailey said, I'm ready to trade Trey Burke, who are you getting for Burke and Booker besides Ty Lawson? I would I would honestly trade him into cap space before I took Ty Lawson. There you go. <laughs> I'm not I'm, even I'm joking. If you, I'm not either. He's okay. So I think I I don't remember who said this. It might have been David Locke, Utah's play-by-play guy, but um, and I can't remember the exact number. But Utah is like, I'm going to butcher this, but they are they have a very good winning percentage when when Burke plays less than 20 minutes, and then he sat out the last three games before the All Star break. Uh, he was playing like 10 to 15 minutes a night for the three games before that. And that was all part of that huge winning streak <laughs> that they went on. Um, I think he's quit on the defensive end. And I, I think it cratered his value. I think he was starting to get a little more value at the beginning of the year when he was shooting well. But he's kind of become his old self over the last month or two. So I would honestly just move him into cap space and take a second round pick or a late first round pick. I don't think he can even get you a late first round pick. Um, but I, <laughs> I've tried to talk myself into this Ty Lawson rumor. And I think some of the points that you brought up, Dan, are there, they make sense. Um, the one angle I keep coming back to is at least if it doesn't work, it's just two months and you're really not any worse off than you were before. If you just let him walk, um, but my, it's also the, a way of getting a point guard without packaging Burks and Burke. I know, like me, you're not super high on Burks, but that price is a little bit steeper than Burke and Booker. So you're able to pick up. Yeah, and I wouldn't be, mind ditching Booker either because I think Lyles needs to play more. The future Draymond Green, according to Quinn <laughs> It's oh, bold. <laughs> um, I'm, not, not, I'm not too high on Miles. 
But hey, just just a quick uh one last thing on uh one last thing on on Ty Lawson. I mean, this is they needed another playmaker in Houston. They needed some another ball handler, and he's 28 years old. No, a little maybe a dose of leadership. Well, his on-off splits right now, uh, it, he's negative 7.6 points per 100 possessions. He's just not. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to bring him into a building situation. I get it. You guys are saying it's you know, only two months. Why even? Why even subject yourself to that? Because I'd like to see what he could do on that an actual basketball team as opposed to the Rockets. <laughs> I think I lean towards no too but i as someone who openly roots for the jazz i'll probably talk myself into it if they do it i'm more um, i'm of the why not party <laughs> dante's coming back baby i that i cannot wait for um and before that happens though we need to move on and uh i think i smell something burning That's right. It is time for What Burns My Bacon, and our very special guest, James, is going to be taking the bacon stick today, and I can smell something burning from over on his end. Oh, yeah. That pork smell is delicious. Let it, <laughs> let it sizzle a little bit. Uh, so just this Sunday, the All-Star game went down in Toronto. It was freezing cold, but watch. Russell Westbrook ex- exploded for 31 points. He took 17 threes. Paul George, who you know, went for 41. He took 19 threes. It was uh, these guys were just, they were pretty much you know they almost scored like 200 points all together. It was it was I mean I'm sorry they almost scored almost 400 points all together. It was it was ridiculous, but it was so much fun watching these guys. They were playing. They were having Duncan. Kobe was out there smiling. Russ, who was always scowling, was was cheesing. Well, guess what? I saw complaints about I'm never watching the All Star game again because they don't play any defense. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> It's a freaking midseason exhibition game. These guys are using this time to rest and have fun and get their bodies back right. We just watched Paul George snap his leg in half playing an exhibition game. And you're complaining because these guys aren't playing defense. If you don't shut the hell up. <laughs> the fans want to see these guys score. They want to see them shoot. They want to see them throw alley-oops. They don't give it. And if you do care about defense all-star game, then guess what? Go get you a tape. Of a eighty of a nineteen nineties game, Knicks Indiana, and you sit there and watch that VS and you sit there and you you know you yeah look at that screen, shut up, all right. NBA supposed to be about fun. It's a league all about entertainment, and I was very entertained. And if you weren't entertained watching Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant and LeBron James, Dwayne Wade threw an alley oop alley oop to LeBron James. He caught the alley oop and tossed it up. LeBron dunked. This is this is what we pay to see. So if you're complaining about defense in all star games, you probably also kick kittens and slap a little bit. <laughs> I could I, not agree with you more. I I was like on the edge of my seat. I was working that game for Bleach Report and I was just dying to see them get to two hundred. I wanted them to just launch threes every possession in the fourth quarter. I loved the explosion of points. I think that's fun as well, and I agree with what both of you said, but I have a small theory. And I don't know if it's accurate, but I brought this up on the radio today, and I didn't even realize I was saying it until I did. You have, you're at this point. I just call this you're still with the 2003-era All-Stars, those guys from that draft. Dwayne Wade, Bosh before he pulled out, LeBron, Melo, even Kobe, and some of these older guys, they're not going to go full bore at the All-Star game anyway. Maybe as 
they segue out of the picture and you're welcoming in guys, not only like Anthony Davis, but, you know, Kawhi Leonard was there now. Carl uh, Anthony Towns will be there. Kristaps Porzingis will be there. Maybe there will be an uptick in defense because you'll have a new, younger regime. It's never going to be anything crazy, but for those old men and women yelling at clouds, that's at least maybe some silver linings for them to look at. <laughs> I think there will yeah, always be... There will at least be a little bit of competitiveness if it's close at the end. And I think there would have been Sunday, yeah. too. But the fact that it was a blowout, it's fine. I don't care. Keep launching threes. Go ahead, James. And another thing, like, these, as these guys, you know, we're talking the average starter is going to be making $16 million. These guys are making $25 million a year. They're, they're not just players. They're a brand. And, and so if they want to protect themselves, they want to keep themselves healthy as possible, and even, you know, a little defense and they don't want to squeak an ankle while they're playing all-star game, more power to them. You know, keep – they got. They got to look out for the product, and I'm not mad at them at all. Fine well, me too. even that too is. I'm sure many of them don't want to go viral on the wrong end of a vine or a video yeah. because that's so prevalent now. Where you're like, no, I'm just gonna let LeBron dunk because I don't want my brand or I don't want to be on the wrong end of that when it just goes viral across Twitter and the rest of the internet. Well, even worse, they don't want their boys, you know, bringing up their mind up and hold the phone and say, don't, no, don't say nothing to me right now. This is, why don't you say something to Brown when he was punching in your face, you know, dunking on your head. You know? it, it, hey, I was, I was thoroughly entertained by the All-Star game. If, if, if you weren't, then I guess you don't really, you're not a real NBA fan. I was too. I'm right there with you guys. Um, that will do it for us on this episode of Hardwood Knox. If you would like to get at James on Twitter and talk to him more, about his feelings on the trade deadline and most importantly the all-star game you can follow him at snotty drippin that's s-n-o-t-t-i-e-d-r-i-p-p-e-n if you want to follow andy you can hit him at andrew d bailey spelled like it sounds you can follow me at dan favalli that's f-a-v-a-l-e and you can get at our co-host who is not here tonight adam frommel at frommel09, F-R-O-M-A-L-09. And you can follow all of us and get at all of us on the at Hardwood Knox Twitter account. That will do it for us tonight. Until next time. Shout out Bino Udri. Are we best friends now, guys? I think we're best friends now. <laughs> yep. I think we just became best friends. This is pretty awesome. That's not getting edited out. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> in fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, 
a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.